Sports Station 1043 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. So what if things continue to break wrong for the Denver Broncos? And by most accounts, unless you are just like this eternal optimist, which I believe has a line of being healthy or not. <laughs> like you want it, like it's cool to be optimistic. Like given like the choice, if I wake up to be optimistic or pessimistic, I want to be optimistic. Sure, sure. I want to have something to be optimistic about. Yeah, I would be drawing from something yeah. and not ignoring uh, other stuff. Yeah, head in the sand don't work. No, it doesn't. And Kyle Reese, uh, that's the voice you hear filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Um, okay, things haven't gone well in this coaching search. Jim Harbaugh is back to Michigan. Dan Quinn is back to Dallas. Sean Payton, depending on who you believe, either has some level of human disconnect with the ownership group, or if you listen to his best buddy, Colin Coward, he just doesn't, not thrilled with working with Russell Wilson, the lack of draft capital, and the lack of cap space. That's an easy one to follow. Or he likes the AZ job better. The Arizona that, job that's better. That's a possibility, too. For Sean Payton? Yeah. See, I, I, I don't I don't view the Arizona job better than Denver. This is just my personal opinion. I view them in the same category of lackluster. Because of the quarterback deal. Quarterback deal coming off an ACL that has his game based off mobility. Um, there's a lot to dislike about that job. Uh, a lack of uh, historical winning. Um, and then you're talking about just Kyler Murray. Do you want to work with Kyler Murray? Yeah. I'd rather work with Russ. Yeah. I mean, seriously. I know Russ is going to work. Kyle or... Um, Kyler had to have a stinking homework clause put in his contract, and there's been bizarre rumors about just stuff with Kyler. Yeah, that's a, that's a con for sure. That's a con right, if you've got a ledger that you're making, as I suggested earlier. Yeah, um, but there's some there's some pros down there for sure. So uh, again, it's probably equally as complicated for Sean Payton as it is for us. Um, so so not only is he trying to navigate it, but now he's you know back and forth with organizations that are breaking in new personnel and they're trying to navigate it too because they got a new GM in, in Arizona they too. Do. So this is, uh, we keep coming back to complicated, uh, but I think it's an appropriate word for it. It so. is. It, it is. It is complicated. Um, but the one thing that Sean Payton has going for him personally that the Broncos don't have is a plan B is well, a fallback. I was going to say, you, you phrase it differently than, than I was going to, but they mean the same thing. Sean Payton doesn't have to do anything. He can hang tight and go back to Fox, no doubt. make his $10 bucks a year, and wait for the next cycle. Because as Adam Schefter pointed out this past week, because there's a small amount of openings this year, please believe there'll be a large amount of openings next year. That's how the NFL works, man. They fire their coaches. They just do it. Yeah. Do, you know how many, do you know how many openings? I'm putting you on the spot, so no pressure. Do you know how many openings were available last year? Seven. Ten. I was close. One-third of the league <laughs> changed their coaches. Yeah. And because that happened a year ago, this year you only have five. But and next what's crazy year, about it, some of those teams that changed their coaches last year are right back here, are, are right back in the same situation. Denver. Yeah. yeah I mean, just, just saying. Yeah. Just saying. No bueno. But, like, is next year, is, is, is Sean McDermott, does that run its course in Buffalo after another failure that I'm sure is coming? Uh, Miami, do they move on from McDaniels? Is, was, is Robert Sala going into year number three having to win in New York? The Chargers. They, oh, the, the Chargers, front and center. I mean, the, the Dallas Cowboys, you know, you, you just never know if it's another failure. Washington, Ron Rivera probably in a year that he has to win. Todd Bowles. Yeah. You got, they, got oh, yeah. They, they need to do something. Yeah. There. And it, so Sean Payton doesn't have to do anything. The Broncos can't go into this season without a coach. So if the field stays the same like it is now, and you never know, we always reserve the right to, to, to circle back because Sean Payton hasn't been officially ruled out yet. But unless they pull off Sean Payton, there's no Dan Quinn, there's no Jim Harbaugh. If D'Amico Ryans goes to Houston, of the remaining field left, who's the most appetizing between Raheem Moore, Jim Caldwell, Idro Evero, who I heard had a terrible interview with the Broncos, and who's the uh, who's the fourth? I'm forgetting again. Ever- Morris. Oh, oh, Raheem Morris said him though. Okay, Raheem Morris. Uh, Hold on, I got it, I got it close. Raheem Morris, Idro Evero, Jim Caldwell, and David Shaw. David Shaw, right? There we go. We should have that committed to memory. <laughs> I know, I know. 
Who's who's the most appetizing among those four for you? Okay. All right. Caldwell, health concerns, getting older. Again, I believe this is a eight-year commitment. Um, to me, that is a DQ. Evero, um, but he's probably going to spend a little time getting over last year, right? Um, and, and it feels like a default pick as well. Uh, David Shaw, lack of NFL experience, uh, maybe a little bit of cronyism that's mixed in there, right? That that can cronyism. Yeah, huh? maybe it, it doesn't feel good. Okay, right? It it, it doesn't feel good. Uh, and I really like David Shaw, by the way, and I think he can help solve some of those running game deals. Uh, but I think David Shaw would do himself a favor by taking a year off. So that that brings us to Raheem Morris, and to me, that is among the guys that are maybe amongst the seven that was alluded to by Mike Liss, um, I, he is the, I would take him to the top of the list. Okay. And then if you're not going to, if you're not going to put Callahan and Steichen on there. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're just looking at this list as it's currently already been interviewed. Yep. Yep. <sighs> there is no sizzle with any of these guys. And Ra- Raheem will bring it though. Oh, now sure. Like, like from a personality yeah. standpoint. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. Um, I guess when I say sizzle, I'm thinking of like moving like the needle for a fan base sure, or something sure. like that. Like what's going to energize this fan base? Yeah. You, and by the way, is Rosberg on this? No. Okay. No. All right. We're not um, considering. Okay. But we're, we're leaving him in our back pocket conspiracy theory. Do you bring him back okay. as an interim head coach? I don't Please, think. Let's come back to that. I, I don't think that's crazy. Okay. Um, and getting less crazier by the hour, I think. But I think I might view Jim Caldwell similarly to Rosberg in that. This is not going to be a 10-year head coach. We need stability right now. We need calm right now. Jim Caldwell, a little bit along in the tooth, 68 years old. 68 is the new 58, Kyle. Who's that? Just now. Year old. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's the only person that would say that. Jim Caldwell won in Detroit. It's a winning record coaching the Detroit Lions. Look, man. Jim uh, Caldwell went to a Super Bowl yeah. with the Indianapolis Colts. So he's coached on the highest stage. He's he's taken a program in Detroit that was just the, the, the worst, arguably, in the league and, and had them with a winning record or non-losing record, I think it was three and four years. Um, I think for me, I just might go with the safest thing, which is the highest floor. A guy who's done that, guy who has a ton of wisdom, can represent a calming presence to this chaotic coaching search, and then you maybe readdress this in two or three years. Is that what the Broncos need, though? I I, I would agree with you in terms of Caldwell probably being on the Mount Rushmore of coaches that got a raw deal. Um, But, again, I... I, So do you have to reset your mind and say... This is a temporary hire because it can't be. Because Caldwell's going to be 75 years old when you look up. You know, and, and blink your eyes twice. He'll be 75. So do we have to reset and say, okay, we have to make a temporary decision, a guy who's willing to put up with what's going to happen over the next three years, a guy who's willing to go in and, and, and concede some control. Um, and this is a stopgap guy, right? It's but not that crazy. It's not that crazy, but... You know, I don't feel like you advance your franchise. I feel like you set the franchise back, and you're already starting to see some of the grumblings that are now being uh, ma- that manifest himself in attendance and all of those things. So, I, you know, yeah, it makes sense, but there's no perfect answer right now. There's no, there's yeah. no like, like yeah. if you were to formulate an argument, which one of the last four yeah. candidates have you know the best chance to put the Broncos in a position to advance the franchise? Like, I think they were. The back end of these conversations for a reason. <laughs> maybe, maybe we're wrong. Maybe, maybe one of these guys that are you know sort of the discount you know head coaches from the you know initial search. Maybe they're the perfect coach. Yeah, probably not though. Well, if if that's your mindset, I'm going to and I got to give you a pat on the back for the Rosberg conspiracy theory. Right, that that's got some teeth to it. Did you come up with that on your own? I did. Did. Having the conversation with Stoke, just being like, wait, hold on. If stuff breaks wrong at the top of your coaching search, do you get married just because you're turning 30? Do you hire a head coach uh, in, with long-term status in mind that you don't want to hire, that, that, you, that you never initially wanted to hire? Yeah. So I, I, don't think, I don't think it's that crazy. I mean, it is. It's probably never going to happen. But do one of these other coaches 
represent what Rossberg would have represented um, without it actually being Jerry Rossberg. Of like, hey, this is probably not going to be the long-term guy, but it's the stopgap, and it's just how we're rolling with based off of circumstance because this is not a desirable job anymore. Take Sean Everett off the table if that's the case. Sean Everett? Take him off the table. Who's that? David Shaw and oh, 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 take them oh, off Shaw the table. And if, if, if you're oh, yeah. going to do something like that, take both those guys off the table. Uh, you're probably right about that. You're probably right about that. Kyle Reese filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Could the Broncos have avoided this entire thing if they didn't have the big, biggest swing and miss of last offseason? And I'm not talking about the Russell Wilson trade or mega deal. We'll tap into that conversation next. <laughs> Listening to Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 1043 The Fan. The Denver Broncos are caught in a coaching search conundrum with the latest today coming from Ian Rappaport that says D'Amico Ryans is the top choice in Houston. They already got a conversation planned for next week, and if all goes well, Ryans will become the next coach of the Texans. Where does that leave the Broncos, given that Jim Harbaugh is already back to Michigan and Sean Payton, um, depending on who you listen to, either has a, a disconnect with ownership. If you listen to Colin Coward, he just doesn't like going to a team that has no draft capital, cap uh, inflexibility, and Russell Wilson playing quarterback. That seems pretty reasonable. Uh, and then... Dan Quinn goes back to Dallas. What the hell kind of position are the Broncos in? It's a position that they would not have been in a year ago if, according to our colleague here at DenverSports.com, which represented the biggest swing and miss of last offseason, not Russell Wilson trade or the mega deal, it was not hiring who, Mr. Cecil Lammy. Yeah, it's not hiring Doug Peterson, noted quarterback whisperer, Super Bowl champion, and now got the Jaguars on the right track. So we saw them guys go toe-to-toe. I know Pat Mahomes was banged up in that game, but the Jaguars are on the right track, and the Broncos are just flailing. I mean, I'm here in Vegas for the Shrine Bowl. I know we're going to talk about that. And I did see a Houston Texan scout downstairs, so I got I kind of mean-mugged him a little bit. You know, I had the Broncos stuff, so I'm like, uh, I can mean-mug him. You know, maybe he'll figure out I'm from Denver. I don't know. But, like, yeah, I mean, this is a bad spot for the Broncos to be in because you're not the bell of the ball. You're going to have to overpay. If you can possibly even convince D'Amico Ryans to come to your city to be your head coach, it's going to take a lot of money. Wouldn't have to do that if you hadn't hired Nathaniel Hackett and all his buddy squad and Butch Berry is awful and uh, just uh, pretty much everyone on the staff except for Jaira Evero, basically. Like, it was problems, a problem you would have solved had you just hired Doug Peterson? Hey, I love the Doug Peterson reflection because if you look at what he did this year, he did it going back to the basics, right? You got really good defense yep. down there. You're running the football. You add some wrinkles. You make things easy for your second-year quarterback. And now you're on pace to do what a lot of teams have had a lot of success doing in getting your your quarterback to play his rookie contract at a really high level. Right, and you're making a deep postseason run, and Jacksonville's making that run with Trevor Lawrence, and what a turnaround from Urban Meyer. I'm going to bring up a couple of things that you highlight. Like, you're under the ball with Travis Etienne. All right, that's a weapon. That's a first-rounder. But look at what you got from Evan Ingram. Evan Ingram signed a one-year deal. Everyone thought they overpaid for him, and Evan Ingram came through with his greatest season as a pro. And I know he's a former first-rounder, but he was a guy, oh, I can't block, and all the Giants misused him and whatever. Christian Kirk was a weapon. Zay Jones, God bless Zay Jones, because I remember early in his career, his mental health issues and stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, we we could get into all that. But, like, Zay Jones, get his life on track, get things together super productive for that team. So, you know, it's it's seeing what you have, then using them to the best of their abilities. Why was Albert Okoibigam never playing? I know, I know, he can't block, but he can play, yet it was Nathaniel Hackett, just this bumbling, just mess of a coaching situation. One of the most embarrassing things we've witnessed in NFL history, certainly recent NFL history. Cecil Lammy from DenverSports.com joining us on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. He is in Las Vegas for the East Shri- uh, East West Shrine Bowl, and there's guys every year that come out of this event and go on to have NFL careers. And you've highlighted an edge rusher on DenverSports.com from yeah. from Harvard. Right, talk right. to me, Harvard. 
Yeah, Truman Jones. That's who we're talking about. And that's the thing. Like, Jones is about 240. He needs to make 10 pounds of muscle. Uh, need to see if that can fit on his frame because he's not going to be an edge rusher at 240 in the NFL. But you're talking about first step quickness, a burst to the quarterback, obviously very bright, a player that can, you know, just hustle and get after the quarterback, also known as a leader with that team. Captain of captains is what he was voted at Harvard. So the type of player that you just want on your team, even if it is as a reserve pass rusher or pass rushing specialist that only comes in on passing down situations. And these are the games where I remember seeing Trey Hendrickson. It was in Tampa that year, but I saw Trey Hendrickson uh, years ago. And I said, this guy looks like Derek Wolf and the Broncos should draft him. Instead, they took Brendan Langley and Carlos Henderson, by the way. Uh, both were terrible, and I won't. I love stink to death, but he shouldn't apologize to Brendan Langley. Like Brendan Langley couldn't play. You know, here we are taking a Lamar corner slash wide receiver transfer from Georgia instead of Trey Flipping Hendrickson, who now is an All Pro and one of the best pass rushers in the league. Reminds me of the Montreal Washington thing. Like, mm-hmm. but why did you have to take a Sanford return man when Isaiah Pacheco is there? Why did you have to take a Larry and Turner yell when Tariq Woolen six four runs a four two is right there for you? Two studs that you possibly could have had that you just pass on to the project that can't play. Like, you've got to get it right. I think we need to stop praising George Payton for getting Pat Sertan because that's a pick that everybody could see. Hey, that stud that can really play that's going to be a superstar, yeah, we picked him. That's not finding anything. That's just taking the right guy. Like, we shouldn't fall all over ourselves and be like, oh, I got Pat Sertan. What a great pick. Yeah, uh, anybody could have made that pick. That's, that's, that's my opinion because, we listen, it's the, for a GM – Got to find a quarterback. He hasn't done that. For a GM, you got to hit in the day three. I know it's day three, and everyone says, who cares? And I got so much grief last year. That's why I'm pissed off anytime I talk about it. Because <laughs> I got so much grief. I'm going to cut you off on that one why, a little why bit. Why are you though, talking about Montreal Washington? I'm like, because the guy isn't the right pick when you have other players that can make plays. You got to hit on those day three picks. But Cecil, man, okay, on the Sertan thing, right? If he had messed it up, you would have gave him grief about it. Yes or no? What? With Sertan wasn't going to be. If he, had me- if he had messed up the pick at that position and he had drafted someone else, you would have given him grief about it. So why can't you give would, him praise for I making the right to, choice? Well, because Pat Sertan was the truth. I, I mean, that, that's just my opinion. I may be totally wrong, but Pat Sertan was like the easiest call of all time. Michael Parsons had some questions. I had another you know, question, there. but forget it. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, but, you know, like, so I think we need to. I'm not a fire George Payton guy. I want to be very clear about that. I don't think he keeps his job after May. But we don't even know who the head coach is right now. So everything's kind of in shambles. So I hope here at this game, where Brock Purdy was here last year, this fascination with Brett Rippon, I do not understand. Skylar Thompson was here at this game last year. So, like, you had a couple quarterbacks who started playoff games that were in the Shrine Bowl. Trey Hendrickson, Philip Lindsay, James Robinson, the list, Justin Simmons was at this game. Uh, Emmanuel Sanders, T.J. Ward. Like, I go through mm. the history of this game. There's quality talent here. you got to pay attention. you got to get the right guys because they got the right guys here in Las Vegas. All right, see, so great stuff as always. Really looking forward to catching up with you on a more regular basis throughout the NFL draft process. Uh, do a great job that, uh, down there and we'll um, or out the uh, west, and we'll uh, catch up with you next week on what you learned. All right. Be good, fellas. All right. Yeah. There he goes. That's Cecil Lammy from DenverSports.com hanging out on the Johnson Auto Plaza hotline. D'Amico Ryans has to choose between Houston and Denver after he's already been reported as the top candidate in Denver. Is Houston truly a better job than Denver is? We'll talk to someone from Houston. Also, Woody Page has spoken. It's next. <laughs> Stokely and Zach on Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan. All right. The news of the day is that the Broncos may, and we're not sure yet, but may be getting spurned by D'Amico Ryan's in favor of the Houston Texans job after um, it was reported uh, widely uh, in the previous 24 hours that D'Amico Ryans had floated to the top of the Broncos' candidate list. And, of course, that's a pivot from who they initially sought out for, which was Sean Payton and Jim Harbaugh. Dan Quinn goes back to Dallas. D'Amico is now your guy. And then Rappaport drops on us here while we've been on the air that it's looking more and more like 
Houston is the lane for D'Amico Ryans. And we're trying to you know go back and forth just a little bit here is what's the better job? So who better to talk to than my dude from Houston, Sean Pendergast, who is on Sports Radio 610 in the mornings down there. Sean, welcome back to the Denver Airwaves, man. What's, uh, what's the vibe in Houston when it comes to D'Amico Ryans? Well, the vibe, as, as far as D'Amico goes, Zach, and thank you guys for having me on, as always. It's great to be with you. Um, the vibe in Houston is Houstonians want D'Amico Ryan to be the head coach of this football team really, really, really badly. Um, the, the Texans have seven candidates on the list right now. I guess if you include Sean Payton, they have seven. I don't know what's going on with that guy. But uh, so really six that are kind of classic candidates, you know, hot coordinators. And I do these polls every year because the Texans head coaching search has become an annual tradition like no other around here, <laughs> third year in a row. Oh um, and I do the Twitter polls where I just, you know, would you approve of this hire, blah, 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 and people vote, and it's largely Texan fans. And D'Amico Ryans, in the three years I've been doing this, has the highest approval rating, 98% across about 3,000 voters of any of the candidates. So wow. he was an incredibly popular player when he was here. Um, he would be an incredibly popular coaching hire for a franchise that has suffered from consecutive really bad coaching hires and three really bad seasons of football and a whole lot of stuff off the field with Deshaun Watson. Uh, this would, I think, for Texan fans, feel like the clouds are finally breaking a little bit of what's been over this franchise in the last three years. Hey, uh, Sean Kyle here. Um, I think we're all in agreement, and I, I didn't think we'd ever say this, but what makes the Houston job better than the historical great job that the Denver Broncos franchise would be? Or yeah, well, I'm not going to debate the historical. Yeah, yeah I, I'm not going to debate the historical part. I mean, Denver's a blue blood franchise. There's no doubt about it. But D'Amico doesn't get any extra credit or whoever takes the job for Peyton Manning having won a Super Bowl seven years ago. So to me, it's about the now, the current, um, the near future, and even the long term. I think of the five openings that there were this cycle, Houston's the best job. It's not just better than Denver. You've got four first-round picks in the next two drafts. you got a salary cap that's finally cleaned up from Hurricane O'Brien from two years ago. Um, and you've got a shot at, a, at getting a, a good young quarterback in there. You've got an owner who's willing to spend. You've got an owner who's going to stay out of your way. Um, and now specific to D'Amico, he's obviously got ties to the area. His wife is from Houston. His foundation is in Houston. I've heard he's building a house in Houston. Mm. So I apologize if there's noise in the background. We're walking the neighborhood and there's construction going on. No worries. Um, but I just think, it, I, I think, you know, it's comparing it to answer your question, Kyle, comparing it to Denver, and you guys obviously know the ins and outs of that situation more than I do, but just observing it from afar, you've got a team that's in a bad contract with a quarterback who might be washed. Um, that's not a great situation to be in. So, And you're in a division with Patrick Mahomes and Justin Herbert for the next 10 years. Right. So, um, you know, so I, I think I think the Texans, as, as janky an organization as it's been the last three years, I think they check a lot of boxes for good candidates right now. If you just if you kind of put your hand over the logo and just right. you know, like they do with, the, with March Madness where they compare the resumes, yep. they don't tell you who the team is. Yep. I think if you did that exercise with the Texans and the Broncos, it's very, very clear what the better job is. Wow. Uh, Sean, we're not going to keep you. We really appreciate the uh, the quick-hitting insight that you are so well-known for down there. Um, and we love having you on. And I know we'll catch up at some point uh, down the line. Of course. Appreciate you guys having me on. And, uh, and we'll talk soon. Good luck with the rest of the coaching search. All right. We're going to need it. That's Sean Pendergrass from Houston. <laughs> who, uh, you know what? It's like I, I, I love what he said there. Cover up the logo. Just put the facts on paper. Who's in? Who's potentially in cap hell, and who's coming out of cap hell? Who has four, four first round picks over the next two years? It's Houston. Now, doesn't mean Houston checks every box that the Denver Broncos don't. I think the ownership uh, here is probably going to be more stable than the McNairs down there. Um, but at hopefully. the same time, yeah, hopefully, hopefully. But at the same time, by the way, if they if this thing continues to trend this way, we're going to be looking at the new ownership like. This was the this was the precedent. This was the tone setter that we waited for. Yeah. What a disaster! Yeah, uh, I haven't heard anybody uh, use janky since I was in college. <laughs> that, was, that was cool, man. That was cool. Oh my <laughs> gosh. Um, okay, you got a couple stories. Yeah, well, you know what? I wanted to give um, I wanted to give uh, a shout out. 
Um, you are a high school coach. Where do you coach? Overland High School. Yes, you do. Going on 16 years. Is that right? 16 years. That many years you've been the football coach? Not there. Oh, oh okay. I'm sorry. I've been coaching high school football for going on 16 years. Okay. Yeah. Um, I have a four-year-old son, and you know that. Yeah. Because I show up to flag football for the first time in the first practice ever this past year, and there's like, well, no, it was T-ball. T-ball. Sorry, T-ball. There's like seven total kids on the team, maybe eight, and one of them's your son. I'll be. <laughs> and I'm like, wait, is that Kyle? Um, so what my new thing is is uh, is bringing my son to uh, high school sporting events. It's like, sort of like a parent hack. Instead of like bringing my kids, you know, downtown to the Nuggets and spending on tickets and parking and everything like that. If I tell him that Smoky Hill Gymnasium's ball arena, he's four. He doesn't know, right? Let's so, ride. <laughs> let's ride. <laughs> so, so I just want to give this shout out here because on Wednesday, and I had been looking forward to it for a week, we were going to go to a, a JV boys basketball game. So we're going to watch some 15-year-olds run around and play basketball. And he just thinks it's the greatest thing. And he's old enough to sit still, and he just gets mesmerized by the action. And I brought him to uh, girls' soccer, uh, the high school boys' uh, tournament um, downtown. We went to a DU basketball game three weeks ago. So I'm just trying to get him out and just, like, it's fun for us. It's really fun for me, too. And um, so we leave the house, and uh, I'm thinking I'm going to a JV boys' basketball game. And I walk in Grandview high school, and I don't even realize that I'm in the wrong place. I went to the wrong high school. I was supposed to go to Eagle Crest and see them play Cherokee Trail. I walk into Grandview, and the security guard who's sitting at the table said, you here for swimming or wrestling? Huh. I'm like, here for the basketball game. You know what? He's like, there's no basketball game here. Mm. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is going to be a really disappointing little, little dude who's been asking me about this for 48 hours. So, But I hear a ball bouncing down the hallway, and I'm like, who, who's in the gymnasium? And he says, oh, that's the, that's the girls' uh, varsity practicing. And I'm like, do you think we can just stick our heads in there? And I just got to get some basketball in front of my son. So we walk down the hallway, and we, we stick our head in the door, and the coach is sort of looking over like, what are these people doing? It's like 6 o'clock on a Wednesday night. Right. School's empty. And he comes over to us, and I'm like, hey, I screwed up, man. I'm like, I'm supposed to be bringing my son to a, four, uh, a JV boys basketball game, and I went to the wrong school. Can we just sit and watch your practice? For a couple minutes. Help me out here. Help me out. So he says, of course. You guys come in here right now. You sit right over here. And he said, I'm, I'm Coach Josh. And I shook his hand. I said, I'm, I'm Zach. He said, you Zach from the, from the fan? I said, yeah. He said, ah, I listen to you guys. Hey, happy to have you guys. He let us watch practice. After practice gets over, he sends the whole team over oh, man. to introduce themselves to uh, me and my four-year-old. He goes and gets Grandview gear and gets it to my four-year-old. He's now in the Grandview gear. They let him dribble around the gym. So I just got to give a shout-out to Josh um, Yulitsky. I hope I'm saying that name right. He's been the coach there forever. And his uh, 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 one of his players, uh, Issa uh, Dillahay, uh, who hung out with my son a half hour after practice, sweet, dribbling man. him with him, passing with him. So I know it's like... This is not like some big grand story, but right. it made our week. And my son has slept in that Grandview shirt for the last two days. And it was really cool the way that they treated us. So right. if you know any of those two parties, Coach Josh or uh, Issa Dillahay, you get, tell them we got a shout out. Uh, they got a shout out on the fan. Restored your faith in humanity a little bit. That's cool. They're very kind. That's cool. Very That's kind. Cool. Okay. You, you couldn't accidentally wind up at Overland? Go <laughs> <laughs> on, man. Dude, I got some t-shirts too, it, man. It was, it was right place, right time, no but it was wrong place. At the no wrong time, it turned out to be yeah. a, a really cool thing. Yeah. So That's impactful. That's cool, man. Yeah, it was, it was no cool. Um, okay, we have championship games this weekend. Yeah. We're going to make our picks and predictions of what we're in store for over the weekend and also uh, tie a bow on what is yet another installment of a wacky day in this Denver Broncos coaching search. All coming up next. Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan presents Stokely and Zach. And here we were, in the back of that OC 71, the road was dirt, a couple kids waiting on some cherry red, maybe I still recall the taste, we were a few beers shy of freedom, I had my hands around your waist. Getting swept up in the Broncos coaching search and all the installments. This one's got the making of a 30 for 30. <laughs> like, this one yeah. has the making of an E60. Yeah. Uh, some sort of 
docuseries. And all the players in it, too. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I mean, goodness. I mean, this Wilson, is... Wilson, Rice. This is this kind of like Scandal, man. You can get a little NBC series out of this or something. You like Scandal? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, man. Uh, Kyle Reese is filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Stoke will be back Monday. And... We're keeping up with all this. I got a latest. I got the latest installment coming from uh, Josina Andrews, oh. or excuse, uh, Josina Andrews, uh, Josina um, Anderson, rather. She tweets, and, and if you're just joining us, uh, just to reset very briefly, um, after uh, uh, the reporting of the, the 24 hours leading up to this morning was that D'Amico Ryan's has emerged as a top candidate uh, in the Broncos coaching search. Uh, Mike Kliss, others had that. Also, uh, Woody. Woody Page uh, had this as well. He tweeted at um, less than an hour ago. He said, hey, buckle up for this one. As the Denver Gazette reported exclusively two days ago, two, he puts in all caps, highly placed NFL sources said D'Amico Ryans is the, not a, Broncos leading candidate, and they will have to beat the Texans. Nothing has changed despite reports out of Nebraska and from graveyard shift talk show hosts. <laughs> Woody, Woody just all gas, no break at the end of that tweet. I'm here for it. But, but Woody's actual reporting here is, hey, we said two days ago before anyone, that from from multiple high play sources, that D'Amico Ryan's was the leading candidate, not a leading candidate, and that's significant because once this news came out here today that D'Amico Ryan's is catching traction with the Texans, and he may take that job if all goes well. Um, we've had other media members, Mike Kliss being one of them, saying, "Well, let's you know, D'Amico Ryan's was a coaching candidate. They also have seven other." top coaching candidates, Seven. which means just the whole field is a top coaching candidate, but the whole field didn't get a two-and-a-half-page story written about it yesterday, only D'Amico Ryan's hey, My interview's tomorrow. I'm just saying, hey, if they got seven, might as well have eight. I'm Do just saying. A little elevator pitch? Come on now. See, uh, what I don't like about that is, uh, listen, fortune favors the bowl for one. So if you're going to create that scenario, it really is a may-the-best-man-win may scenario, right? If you're saying that he's still in in the conversation, even though these reports have come out or, or or whatever the case may be, you are putting yourself in a head-to-head competition with the Texans. But I don't think you got the horses. And that's unfortunate. If you don't know what's in their arsenal, if you don't know what's in their cabinet, or if you are turning a blind eye to what's in their cabinet, right. that's even worse, right? And I don't think the, the, the group, like the group, maybe that's something we can, we can tag, the group, right? would have ever done that in any other of their business ventures, right? So I, I think we're going to find out how nimble they can be. Here's Josanna Anderson within the last hour as well. She tweets, quote, So with D'Amico Ryans, as mentioned before, uh, with Texans and now with Denver, what he has to discern, and then she said in parentheses, as I'm told he's hearing from some confidants, is if the timing and either situation truly align with him, is it better to wait on an executive I hear he'd like to work with or pick now? End quote. Really interesting tweet. They're like, hey, he's being told, which GM do you really want to work with? And uh, could that be the tiebreaker of do you want to take a job right now? The Texans GM is Nick Casario. The Broncos general manager is George Payton. So add that to the list of sort of layers of this. Like, who, what front office does D'Amico Ryans want to work with? Is it Nick Casario in Houston or is it uh, George Payton here in Denver? You don't ask that question if there's not something to it, though. Right? There, there's got to be history of a, are you sure you want to do this type deal, right? So... And and good. It should be part of the consideration. You, you wouldn't be doing your due diligence if you didn't. But it's loaded when you present it that way, for sure. Yeah. Well, if you're D'Amico Ryan, you're walking into a situation with a general manager who made arguably the biggest trade in NFL history, 
for a quarterback that is Russell Wilson, who this thing has aged so poorly. The early returns are just as bad as you could imagine. But the guy who made the decision is still in power. He'd be inheriting you. And if you're in a position of strength and leverage, like D'Amico Ryan sounds like he is, do you want to go into a situation like this one where the leadership that was before you is still in place, the quarterback that was traded before you is still in place with no end in sight? And even if there was an end in sight with the quarterback, you would be entering salary cap hell for what you have to pay to tell that guy goodbye. Yeah, and and Sean mentioned that, uh, you know, because the Texans are coming out of that right. with O'Brien. And, and you're talking about Sean Pendergrass from Sean Houston Pendergrass. who joined us if you're just joining yes, sir. us. Yes, sir. And uh, But you mean, think about what they've had to endure to come out of that. You could only forecast that for the Broncos. You're going to be in three to four years worth of really mediocre or less football. And you're going to be hamstrung, and there's not going to be a whole lot that you can do about it. And that's the only way. You can only just... Time is the only thing that's going to heal this situation if you're looking at the blueprint that the Texans uh, just came out of. Well, no, it's a good point. Um, they're, they're, the, the, the Texans are coming out of what the Broncos can't come out of for a few years. I didn't realize it was that bad down there. It was. From the Bill O'Brien era. Okay. Just all okay. twisted and tied up. But now they're out of cap hell. Yeah. Four first-round draft picks over the next two seasons, an unsettled quarterback situation. Oh, you have the number two pick, by the yeah. way. So yeah. um, they, they serve ha- their debt to society. They, they, yeah, yeah, they <laughs> serve their debt to society. Well said, Kyrie's filling in for Brandon Stokely today. Um, I think maybe because of our proximity to the situation, um, we sometimes can get a little bit clouded. This one is not that hard to follow. If you totally take a step back, take the orange glasses off, and say you're tied up with a quarterback, your roster is okay, you don't have draft capital, and you play in a division with Pat Mahomes who threw 41 touchdowns this season and is playing for a chance at yet another Super Bowl and is in his fourth, I think fourth or fifth uh, consecutive AFC championship championship game. It's just remarkable. And then, and then you got Justin Herbert, who's on the come up, and so the Broncos' job is just not as appealing as we would like it to be. But the but the biggest problem for me, Kyle, is I thought the Broncos had a neutralizer with the Walton Penner family ownership group and the deepest pockets. You can't just buy a new roster. There's salary cap ramifications. So when was the the wealth of the Penners going to be on display that would? Um, narrow the gap between them and the competition. It would be a place like a massive, you know, signing bonus and a contract where they can actually have the cash to put in escrow where an organization like Cincinnati maybe can't. Or it's in the realm of a coaching search where there is no salary cap and the and the and the uh, salaries are not made public and they could actually flex their financial wealth in this type of situation. And the fact that we keep coming up empty in this coaching search is sort of proven that they just can't buy their way into the next great head coach. Which is a a really strange phenomenon. And even as I look at it, because usually the big bank take little bank game plays. Yep. It usually does. Yep. So uh, we are in a really new era of of ownership, and um, we're going to see if they can make uh, chicken salad. Yeah. Yeah. But 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 it just goes to show you if you have a wealthy ownership group that's willing to pay you top dollar and people still aren't saying yes, it that right there is a reflection of the current state of this franchise that has fired coaches left and right yeah. because they failed left and right. right. That you, you haven't killed it in the draft. Your trade didn't work. You yeah. don't have draft capital, and you live in the wrong neighborhood. One of my favorite stories as a kid was the Emperor's New Clothes. They have they have no idea. They Naked. have no idea. They, they're <laughs> And yeah, and, and, but yeah. but it's one of these things, Kyle, where they're 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 not football people. On top of all this, they're not football people. Yeah, this is not this is not going well. And unless you are just the 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 blindly um, optimistic, eternal optimist, like the reality is, today was not a good day. And I don't know where the Broncos go from here. Do you circle back to Sean Payton and convince him not to go back to Fox? Do you revisit Jim Harbaugh what I believe would be a third time? I, I, I don't know. I don't know. You're crawling back at that point. 
crawling. I I don't, but you know, you I know I know you and Will weren't you didn't completely dislike the idea. No, no, I think of I think of the yeah. temptation saying you're ain't too proud to beg. You're in a really fickle intersection with the history of this organization. It feels like they have to get it right and the candidate pool has been nearly cut in half and could we be in a scenario where we come in here on Monday and Jim Caldwell has been hired the next Broncos coach? Yeah. Or do you hold out for what you want, right? You couldn't get what you want the first time around. You don't settle. You know, we were, <laughs> we were talking, you know, this can be some marriage advice too, right? Do you hold out for what you want? Do you, do you, do you hang in the game and, and just kind of weather the storm? But even that's complicated. What does weathering the storm look like for the Broncos? I know you bought up a, a bunch of great ideas, so... Uh, listen, I'm going to enjoy football this weekend, right? Who do you because got? Because we Who still got? have AFC and Who do you got? I, uh, I have the Chiefs, and I love Joe Burrow, and I love the Bengals, but I think the Chiefs get over the hump. I, I don't see them going into Arrowhead two years in a row and, and taking that game. That up, as you'll find. I love, uh, you know, from a just from a football standpoint and a roster standpoint, quarterback standpoint, I love most of these teams. I got the Cincinnati Bengals for the fourth time in a year and a half beating Kansas City and, hey. and advancing to the Super Bowl for a second consecutive year, Super Bowl that Philly somehow finds a way to ultimately Ooh, win. I would, I would Look, I would love to see Joe Burrow in the Super Bowl again, for sure. I mean, I, I think he's one of the more entertaining guys and personalities sure. in the league. The league's in really good hands, by the way, it's with these great young quarterbacks. Hands. Oh, my gosh. So I, I would love that. I think that if it's Bengals-Eagles, the Eagles win. I think if it's Eagles-Chiefs, Pat... Patty gets another one. Maybe right. You could you could really pitch to me any of these four teams that are left. I could see any of these four teams left winning at all. The Niners. I, I think they're four of the four, though. You think so? Yeah. Only, only because Purdy's got to come back to earth eventually. Don't say it. Don't that Matt. Don't look at me like that. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear any gloating. Matt Smith and D. Wolf yeah. are yeah. in the room right now. Yeah, I'm not yeah. having it. I'm not, I'm not having well, it. Happy Friday yeah. to you, happy boys. Happy Friday, gentlemen. Zach, I really yeah. want, I wanted to get here a little earlier, but I was at uh, at a lunch. But I wanted to talk to you about. Oh, you were at lunch. Well, that's lunch. that's good because I had brought an offering in case you came in. In case I the, came in like yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I did. Zach was worried about me. He's yeah. like, hey, man, you all right? I, I like, just, yeah, bro, I'm just hungry. I got you a whole thing no, of beef jerky cook. here, Derek. <laughs> I was like what? feeding the beast. It was an offering. Fed. No, no, like, no joke. What he just said, I grabbed him in the hallway. and I was like, you good? Like, I was like, good. yeah, I'm good. I'm good. What were those commercials where they turned into a completely different person when was they were Snickers? hungry? Yeah, Something yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Turned into a diva. Yeah. Um, well, I didn't have my wallet, so I couldn't get anything out of the vending machine. Oh. So I was, like, really upset. Um, work on the snack bar around here. What's going on? Why didn't you have your wallet? I left it in, my, in the office at the house. Oh, okay. Okay. Another twist. If it isn't. Oh, oh. So what do you make of this Josina Anderson report? Because that seemed completely... Just speculative and vague to me. Where the the, the tweet where she yeah, was basically tweet. like, who, "What executive does?" Yeah. Well, now D'Amico Ryan's is in a position where he can pick GMs. How how did we get here? He is in the driver's seat right now. <sighs> when you listen, as a player, all you needed was two teams. That's it. You get two teams, you can negotiate terms because they're fighting for you. You need two teams that really want you, and he's got that. He's got two teams that really want him. Then nothing's different when it comes to negotiating with the coach. They just don't have to worry about cap, right? And this is better in man, their favor, and it's all guaranteed. Mm. And, and this is why this is kind of what you just said. It, there's two real, and please supplement this if 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 you feel like you need to. But there was two real windows where Broncos ownership wealth mattered, and that is these. Big deals where you got to put a ton of money in escrow where you hear like Cincinnati is going to have a problem with that with Joe Burrow. And how do you, you know, they just don't have $150 million to, to put in escrow. So that's like one category of like, they okay. the cash. They're cash, cash poor. The cash poor, right? And the cash over cap, do you have the cash? So that was one area where you think that the Broncos wealth could really move the needle. But this is the other this is there is no salary cap on coaches. Right, their salaries right. aren't even public. Yes. So if you were ever going to flex your financial wealth to put yourself in a bigger position of strength, it's this window. And they keep striking out. If D'Amico Ryan's goes to Houston and says the money can't buy love, I'd rather go down there. And you're going on, which you, I think you could fairly offer um, candidate five. Right. 
Right. It's just like, what a bad tone setter for the new ownership group. And, and the, hold on, hold on. Yeah, the yeah, Broncos are, are behind the eight ball here anyways. Big time. Because people don't know this, but D'Amico Ryan's family lives, his mm-hmm. wife's whole family lives down there. He's building yeah. a house down there right now. You think he doesn't want to be in the ho- around the house he's building and around his family and around his support system? And, and his wife doesn't want that? Hey, hey yeah. Derek, do you know how many first-round picks Houston has in the next two years? Not one, not two, not three, but four. I'd rather have an unsettled quarterback no situation. It's an absolute no brain. And no state income tax. And no state income no tax. State. And, and, and. Your neighbor isn't Pat Mahomes and Justin Herbert. You right. have the most winnable division in the entire NFL, with, with and they're coming out of cap hell, not in cap hell. I mean, and, and there's no and pressure there's to win. And, and there's, there's no expectations. No, there's no pressure to win. There's, Somehow there's expectations for this five-win football team yeah, to like, it's win next it's year. The expectations from last year, are, they Ro- got rolled over. Rolled it back. They Just rolled like, it back. Like rolled back. All right, so what do you do? All right, so what do you do if you're the Penners? Because I bet you they're scrambling. There's no way that this was plan A. I don't think they plan scramble. B, I don't think they're used to competing. C. Right. So what do you do? So, okay. So yeah, what do you do? They don't compete. They're, they're Walmart. They Walmart can just doesn't buy compete it. with anybody. They just buy it. Yeah. So, then, so you've got to be scrambling a little bit yeah. because this is a situation you've never been a part of. Yeah. That's why I think they're just like, what do we do here? So and, what do we do? Condi scared. Condi scared uh, Sean Payton away. <laughs> Dude, here. Yeah. And, and, scared, and they're not football him. people. Right. Like, let's, like this is all. All of this is like in the big gumbo, and then like the thing that's stirring it is like business people, not football people. So, so we, you look over we, to George in the corner. We fans got catfish so hard. George, penny for your thoughts. Yeah. Dude, I think it's really simple, Zach. I really do. I think the Broncos have one option left. It's you go back to Sean Payton and you get him oh, to Denver. Maybe so. I You're really obsessed with Sean so. Payton like uh, you are Tom Cruise, aren't you? No, <laughs> not quite. You know about my Cruise obsession, I know about do you? It. Okay, well, I watched that movie for the first time like, two weeks ago. <laughs> and? You're uh, not a Top Gun guy. I like, so. I'm not a Top Gun guy. It was very good. Well, good. It was very what? good. The problem good. is, Matt, Payton got to want you back. He's got to watch it back. I think he does. Okay. You think think Peyton wants the Broncos? So I think that Cowherd report today is the same stuff we heard the other day from Cowherd. It's, ah, he doesn't want to work with Russell Wilson. But today, what did he say? Uh, You know, now you heard about the teammates not liking Russ. I think it's just more leverage because now Peyton knows, hey, if D'Amico's going to Houston, they're screwed. They don't have any options. There is no good option for them. I am the only guy. You are coming to me with my $25 million. Right? Oh, you are crazy. coming to me. That's so crazy to me. Well, Dude. think about this. He just spent how – do you, how do you feel if you're the Cardinals? You just wind and dine this guy for eight hours. Yeah, right. And then it's, he gets out <laughs> and starts tweeting about the Broncos. He tweets the Broncos. He might have done it's it from like the bathroom, it, like leaving the facility. Yes. I took you to yeah. dinner and a movie. Yep. I, I opened all the doors. You got in the I Uber and the manager right? called, hey, Sean. And as soon as you get in the car, you text the other Goodness. Yeah. They... All right, so there, that that's, I think that's one option. Happened before. Happened before. I think that's one option. The other option is you fly out to Ann Arbor and you're outside of Jim Harbaugh's window, like say anything, with the boombox over your head. Can I just fat check, like Publisher's Clearinghouse? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Can I just tell you? We already sent DMAC to Santa Clara so he can get, try to get D'Amico to. Yeah, oh, that's right. On. Let me just say this, and I am not reporting it. I'm just telling you what I think. Yeah. I think they already did that. You think they went there already? Yep. It's in, in the cover of darkness, Kyle. Earlier in the week. I took the PJ. Earlier in the week. I think that if you're going to pick an ego that you're going to pacify, that's the wrong ego. Because Harbaugh's going to make you pay for so it. So what do you do oh, now? Yeah. So what do you do now? If you I don't think, want Peyton and you don't want yeah. Harbaugh, what, what are you left with here? Caldwell. And I don't, think mean, he's a nah. bad, I don't think he's I don't a bad think, football I, coach. I really don't think that that is the – I don't think that is a bad move, honestly. No, I, I, I don't think it's a bad move. But if you read everything from two weeks ago and 100%. played back what we were saying here, no one was saying – again, doesn't mean he's the wrong guy. Maybe the fifth choice is the best choice, and it ages really, really well. Maybe maybe D'Amico Ryan's another first-time head coach picking Houston turns right. out to be a good thing for the Broncos. But the initial aim – from where things are landing, it's not even in the same stratosphere. Not even close. Not which, even close. Which is, which, which is why you have to go back and blow it up. You have to pretend like it's two weeks ago and put a new faces on the board. I don't, I don't, think, I just don't think you have time. Just wipe the board. Do you have time? Yeah. That's the thing. There's so time. much to do. You have two weeks. What are you up against? That's, no, and that's true, Derek. You have, you, have two, you have two weeks at the absolute maximum. If the Super Bowl rolls around and you're stand, you know, you're sitting where you sit today, where you've just interviewed Shane Steichen and you've interviewed Mike Kafka and all these guys, and you're sitting here and going, "Oh boy, you know, we, I don't know about any of these guys. Are we really going to take a swing on another first-time offensive guy?" You were getting ready to. Well, you, that's I agree. Yeah, okay. I agree. Go that's ahead. why I was always challenge flag on the D'Amico Ryan's. I hear you. And, and Zach, this is what I want to talk to you about. Do you think that that stuff that uh, 
the Jets were saying about Hackett, how he's every quarter they they, they like wiped the season he had with the Broncos. They like, did it happen. They did. Yeah. They, they act like it didn't happen. Called, they called called it dysfunctional. Called it, called it dysfunctional, and it was a political battle, a war, yep. a political yeah. war, not a political battle, a political war. Which means, yeah. were they? Do wrong? you think if you're if you're a head coach, do you think you want to come in here with deal with Russell Wilson and all his stuff no. that he's got going? No. No, it's not It's not that hard to me. Justin Fields is still learning how to throw a football and throw more touchdowns than Russell Wilson this year. And then you add in all the layers of kind – of, and, and let's not forget, Russell Wilson, it became public. He was advocating for Sean Payton. If you're a candidate not named Sean Payton and the quarterback that you have to work for and has signed up for a quarter billy was advocating for a human being, not you, I don't think that helps either. Let me ask you, what are the red flags right now on Sean Payton? What are they? They're, it's all hearsay. What are you talking about? It's all hearsay. It's not all hearsay. He was suspended from the NFL for a okay, whole year. Okay, okay, I okay. didn't know that Bounty Gate was going on. Okay, okay bud. That's okay. fair. I'm talking about within the within okay. this cycle. Okay, here's a red flag. 15 years with a Hall of Fame quarterback, you got one Super Bowl. Okay. All right, those are those are both valid. Yeah. I mean, within this cycle, though. We, we knew that at the beginning of the cycle when both of His those guys. personal life. Okay, so that that's may the be true. Flags. So that may and be that's true. why I think he got intimidated by Condi because I think she checked him on it. I heard you say that. That was pretty funny. You know what, Eric? There's some validity to that, man. There really she checked is. him on that. Just asking him about stuff that's happened in they, the past. Oh, like, I think these guys digging. Listen, like she these guys, yeah. they di- listen. They have people digging and finding out all the information about you. If they're going to pay somebody twenty five, twenty six million dollars a year. They're going to figure out mm-hmm. everything about you. They do it when they draft a guy that they're going to yeah. pay four hundred grand a year. Yeah. You mean to tell me Condoleezza Rice has sources? Yes. Oh, yeah. You think okay. she yeah. don't have sources? Just, That's just, what I'm saying. I'm just, we already know how thorough NFL teams she are. She said the men in black. <laughs> yeah. That's right. We already, we already know how thorough NFL teams are. Now imagine yeah. that a- added layer. You know, yeah. former Secretary of State. You don't think she has some connections? Whatever yeah. Do a little want. digging. And Whatever she's the need. most she's the most football person in well, the How room. did we get here? How did we get here? We're kind of like the talking head song. Where's Sir Lewis at? It's like, wait, what the hell? Where's Sir Lewis Hamilton at? Where's forgiveness? That's right. So do you think the Broncos then have approached this the wrong way, this search, by not having more football people in the room? Do you think that they would be in a different spot right now than where they are with Penner, you know, with Greg Penner, Kerry, and Condi? You know how they could have fixed that? At training camp, when they came in, they could have been like, hey, PM, Mm. PM, Peyton Manning, you want in on this group? That would have been great. Ownership? That would have been great. You want some ownership? That would have been great. That was that was. Here's a bill for Omaha Productions. What, okay. what do you think? You, just, you, you know what? What did he have said to that? I he would have said, million? "Hell yes." Yeah. Yeah. To be an owner, yeah, he would have. Okay. Yeah, and right. to a billion dollars for Omaha Productions, yeah. I just got to give a massive shout out. Billies. I got to give a <laughs> shout out. It's my wife's birthday today. Oh, Ashley, happy birthday, happy Ashley! Great yeah. mom, great, great, just the mother to the two kids, and she's. Darn good wife, too. Happy birthday. Yeah. All right. We're off and rolling on the drive. Matt Smith in for DMAC with Derek Wolf today. The coaching saga. I don't know if it's Coaching Search 2023 colon football CEO. I think it might be Coaching Search 2023 colon the contingency plan. It's Denver Sports Station, 104.3 The Fan.